Does God want me to be sexual? What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. We're not afraid of your questions. So bring it. Do you feel like no matter how much therapy you do, things really aren't getting better? That you'd like to accelerate your feelings of peace and empowerment because it's just not happening? As a man, do you feel stuck? Do you lack purpose? Do you not know what real masculinity is? Are you unable to create safety and passion and intimacy in your relationships? Are you lacking connection to God? If you're relating to any of these things, then you need to come to our Rising Sun Conference. Tyler and I have developed a process and an experience for men to shift into their power, to know who they truly are, to experience their purpose, and learn how to connect to God. So go to risingsunconference.com. Now that's rising sun as in S-O-N, conference.com, and sign up there as soon as you can because space is limited. We'll see you there. All right, Brandon, this is going to be a fun one today. This is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> I know you, you have like a passion for this. You love to try to like, kind of like mull over this one along well, with a couple of other topics, but uh, well, our guest is going to tee this up perfectly and <laughs> hopefully bring some, uh, some different angles to it that we haven't explored before. So, and, uh, yeah. I, yeah. 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 Well, we're excited to have a guest on today. Um, Mitchell, welcome to the show. Thank you for your willingness to come on and share your questions. Glad to have you. Hey guys. Great to be here. Always enjoying the podcast and, and your banter back and forth and the good, open, honest discussions, uh, about all kinds of different topics. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, Mitchell, uh, my, yeah, go ahead. Why don't you just jump in and kind of share whatever details you need to around the backdrop behind your question and then ask your question. We'll, we'll get started. Okay. I'm, you know, I was raised in a religious conservative home and, you know, always taught from the Bible and taught scriptures and taught morality and taught uh, modesty, you know, but now having going through my own journey of, of freedom and from addiction and things like that, and having a daughter and hopefully one day more children, but uh, it kind of brings the question to my mind, you know, I was raised uh, with modesty as, as such a pillar that I think that modesty brought about a lot of shame about my own body. Um, you know, I didn't wear shorts and didn't wear tank tops and, and was ashamed of my chest hair and all that, like, all kinds of realms of body shame, I think. Mm -hmm. And as I look back and review, I think a lot of my, my childhood and my upbringing basically kind of uh, cemented some of that into me and developed that into me, this like shame because of the extreme level of, of modesty that was either taught from the pulpit or taught at home, you know, and then my dad was kind of disconnected. And so from him, you know, if I, accidentally walked in the room on him changing or something, you know, the door was basically slammed in my face. And, you know, so it was never, I never saw any kind of body positivity out of him either. And for me, you know, having a child, I don't want to 
raise my child uh, against scripture or anything like that. But I also want her to be, you know, um, proud of her body and comfortable in her body and not ashamed of her body. Cause like for me, I can, my wife and I had the discussion several weeks ago. When we first got married, I was terrified to be naked in front of her, Mm -hmm. you know, horrified. Mm-hmm. And yet with all the excitement of, of sex and that sort of thing that it brought, you know, I was like terrified to get naked in front of her mm-hmm. probably for a long time, you know? And so it took me years. I'm 34 now. It took me years to where I would wear shorts. That's probably like in the last five years and, <laughs> you know, or wear my, take my shirt off outdoors when it's hot and warm, whatever. It took me years to get that away. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that would be my question is how do we, how do we, train our children on that fine line of, of morality and modesty, but also confidence in themselves and in their bodies. And that's where I'd go from there. It's a great question. A really good question, Mitchell. Could I ask you another kind of follow-up question before we kind of sure. dive into some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you said you were raised this way. What were some of the specific ways that you were taught modesty? Uh, what were the messages you received? What were the methods that you learned modesty or at least the version of modesty that you were taught? Um, probably a lot of, you know, it seems like modesty when you're taught it, a lot of it is pointed at, at in the church is pointed at women more oftentimes, you know, in skirts and dresses and, uh, you know, and not showing their cleavage and, you know, skirts about below the knee and all that good stuff. You know, but for men too, I think it's kind of a side, it's not as direct, I think, with men a lot of times in the church, you know, but I, I grew up in church where it was suit and tie and, and that sort of thing, but, you know, not wanting to tempt the opposite sex with your body, kind of more along that line would be more specific, I would say, of how I was taught, you know, not tempting someone to be sexually drawn to you, essentially less specific for males than it was, you know, very specific for females as far as how they should dress and not dress and, you know, not wearing two piece string bikinis or whatever, you know, <laughs> if, if we were to dig down even further, um, cause I, I want to get to the beliefs that this rigid modesty system actually starts to develop. And, so, I mean, it's one thing to be like, hey, like, cover yourself up because, like, God wants you to cover yourself up. Like, that we hear that at church, we hear, you know. But then you take a little kid, and by the way, it sounds like a little kid who's also experiencing some father wounds, um, some emotional neglect, or whatever it may be. Um, so you take a rigid system, a, rigid, a rigidly moral system, so it's it's really kind of... Um, confusing because to be good and to get God to love me, I need to be, I need to fall into line with this rigidity, right? And then you take father wounds on top of that, and you're really creating a recipe for faulty core beliefs. And I guess my question to you, Mitchell, is that the message of cover up, be modest, don't be sexual, uh, how did you interpret that? For yourself how did I interpret it um probably that you know kind of the road you're going down like sexuality sexualized 
that whole thing is basically wrong. The sexual side of you is essentially wrong unless it's only expressed in in a in a marriage relationship like that's the only place but but let's take it let's take it further mitchell because you're even saying i i have a hard time i or i had a hard time being naked in front of my wife right and so the the same question of what is what is your faulty core beliefs that you developed as a child is what are you afraid of when when you get naked in front of your wife right you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which that's been a quite a while ago now. Thinking about what I was afraid of, Ugh. I, you know, some of it I think is the self-image that I had. You know, that that my body wasn't good enough. Uh-huh. Is is kind of what I think. Uh, you know, I was kind of the skinny type. Um, you know, I didn't fit the image that I that you see out there, whether it be through uh, you know, the underwear models or the whatever pictures up on the billboard or right. the movie, you know, the whole image that you have out there, this idea of masculinity, which y'all talk about a lot, right. masculinity in a man and what that looks like. As we, as I grew up through the nineties, there was a very specific image of that. You know, that was that clean cut male, you know, didn't have hair on his body and all this, this kind of specific image. And I didn't see myself as, as, as what that image of a masculine male was, I think. And so I think I was ashamed that I wasn't that. If uh-huh. that makes sense and gets any deeper, I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so I think you're bringing another piece of the recipe into play of just body image and shame um, about just feeling like you're not enough. But it's this confusing thing of cover yourself up. It's dangerous your sexuality, your, your body is dangerous. But then there's this other part that's like, and your body's flawed. It's not good enough. Um, you're not, you're not man enough, you know, and, and you can see how it can lead to just not wanting to be vulnerable and, and not wanting to be, mm-hmm. um, fully, fully realized in terms of your sexuality. So Tyler, any other thoughts? Yeah. I was just going to say like, you just, perfectly painted that picture of the dueling messages that are going on, especially for a boy as you're being raised between that. I, I, I don't know that you were taught the why behind the cover up in a proper way. And then mm-hmm. you're living in a world where there's this projected image of what perfection is and what you should be as a man, or, you know, a lot of times the media is pushing this for women even more so, but we, this is the perfect image of who you should be. Now you're being taught don't, don't show any of that stuff, but that's what you should look like, especially after you're married. And then there's this mix of emotions because there's the internal natural maturation that's going on. That's going like, I do have sexual feelings, but now maybe I shouldn't have them. And now maybe because I'm a little bit weak and scrawny or not like what the billboard shows is I'm never going to be desirable to somebody. And that's what Brandon's talking about. Like false core beliefs come in is Oh, now mm-hmm. this is this is going to have an impact on my ability to establish relationships with people. It's going to have an impact on my confidence. It's going to probably have an impact on my relationship with God in terms of how I see myself in the context of my relationship with God. And uh, and these dueling messages actually leave the person, you Mitchell, it sounds like are a perfect example of this in a state of pure confusion and this like place of like frustration and fear now instead of confidence in knowing who you are yeah and your true mm-hmm. nature 
Yeah. Well, I think as you throw in to the, 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 the weak father figure, for lack of better terms right now, putting it, you know, not having that input on top of the other messages that are coming in and it just it compounds it even more. But I think this is way more common and y'all, y'all bring this up pretty often too. I think this is way more common in our society today than what we like to realize or admit to in our society, this lack of father figure and, and all these messages that are coming in. And, and I think there's way more people similar to me than, than we really know. But, but you know the tricky thing, and this is, Tyler, you bring up that this is one of my favorite topics, and, and it is one of my favorite topics, because there's this really tricky um, thing that the adversary does, like just just tricky, and it, it's this. It's, um, uh, we're going we're gonna to teach you that modesty is, is like the way, and and in doing so, we're going we're gonna to act as if with this rigid sexuality beliefs, we're going to act as if that is coming from God. That is of God, right? And so it, it's very rigid. It's very shut down your sexuality. Don't show your body. Don't do this thing. Um, and it's, it's taught as if that's the righteous thing to do. And the adversary wants to attack and assault sexuality more than almost anything because that's our creative power. And in many ways, that's our, our, our way to self-realization and, and knowing who we are. And I mean, it's, it's so much more important than just getting off than just like enjoying sex. It's, it's about understanding ourselves on some of the deepest, deepest levels. And if from a really young age, the first messages you're getting are shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. Oh, by the way, when you're 10, you find porn. So open it up completely, but just hide it um, and feel worse about it because now it's really bad, right? And then that assault has fully taken place and the shame is set in. And the adversary has has his he's doing his thing. It's working now, right? He's doing he's doing his thing inside the context of religion, which is pretty insidious if you think about it, because it's being purported as you know as righteousness. And Brandon, like, do you? I don't know if you were there or not. When we were boys, we went to a fireside, you know, a church fireside on a Sunday afternoon, and the the topic was modesty and the person giving the like the presentation had this like beautiful cake and they like asked everybody if they wanted a piece of cake and everyone like raised their hand like I want a piece and then they kind of like walked around it and like coughed over it and <laughs> and like put their hands in it and then they're like do you want do you want a piece of cake now and everyone's like no I don't want a piece of cake you know and then they're like that's what it's like when you mistreat your body you know like <laughs> you know it's like it's just like pure just like the point is, hey, look, respect your body and you want to keep yourself pure, right? But the way the messaging goes when there's not education behind it is that every kid walks out of that going like, oh, crap, like maybe I'm the maybe I'm the flawed piece of cake now, you know, <laughs> like like. Um, yeah, you're the dirty thing that no one wants. Yeah. And I, I mean, think that, that that's yeah, I, I think the other the other side to this, though, is that people like us sometimes go the other end of the spectrum and we get on our high horse and it's like, 
F modesty, do whatever you want, show your body. It's wonderful. It's like, actually, I, I think that maybe more in the middle ground is, is that we should be teaching the why behind modesty in a different way. We should be teaching exactly what Mitchell's talking about here, which is you should, you should love and respect and be comfortable with your body. And part of respecting your body would include modesty. But okay. Okay. Tyler, I want to, I, I want to go down this line a little bit and Mitchell, I hope you don't mind that I do this, but Mitchell's wearing a tank top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should see his face like, Oh, oh no, <laughs> Mitchell, you must've done some work, right? Cause here you are on a podcast talking about your sexuality, your body image, and you're wearing a tank top. So you must've done some work, but Mitchell's wearing a tank top, Tyler. Mm-hmm. is uh is he the dirty piece of cake yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, well, of course not that's not what i'm saying at all <laughs> i'm saying i, I think this is kind of where mitchell's going is is that he he grew up in a way where he was never comfortable with his own body he's you know mitchell fill in the gaps when i'm done here but um he's worked really hard to get comfortable with his own body and mitchell i don't you're fine. If you wear a tank top, I think the judgment part is where we would probably get in. This is a massive problem in the Christian religion is, is that you and I can sit here and look at Mitchell and be like sinner, dirty piece of cake. It's like, no, Mitchell needs mm-hmm. to do, he needs to work out his own relationship with God and his body with God. And the rest of us should probably back off on that a little bit. Um, but what I would say, Brandon, is I've got a father, I'm a father of four daughters and I do want my daughter's to love their bodies and to understand the reason why modesty would be taught in a Christian sense, other than the shaming part of it. No, I'm just playing devil's advocate here Mm -hmm. to love their bodies. Wouldn't that mean to show their cleavage and show their shoulders and like, like be them and be who they are, wear a bikini. (laughs) I want to ask Mitchell, what do you think, Mitchell? (laughs) Um, Oh, that's the hard question, isn't it? Because because <laughs> you get right back into that religious side of it, where you know you you see you see the Christian young lady that wants to wear the two piece, right? And all of a sudden, now we're in that judgmental side of it of oh no, she's she's wrong, she's sinful, she's she's uh, you know attracting people and making people think sexual things. When on the real side of it, we know that you can have somebody wearing bed sheets and a male can undress them just as quickly as they can somebody in a bikini yeah. and have and fantasize about them just as quickly. Um, but you know, that's that tough part of where do we, what's, what's okay and what's not. And what's, you know, in teaching my daughter, you know, what's that line that I don't, that I don't allow her to cross that I'm not comfortable with where I'm not crushing her, her, um, her self-image, her body image and getting into that judgmental side of it. And to, to me, to me, you guys, it's all about intention. It's like, if my daughter's, and we're talking about little girls, because I think they get attacked with this modesty thing, worse than anybody. Um, but if, if my daughter is, you know, going to school, hardly wearing nothing because deep, deep down, she doesn't have a a sense of self and know who she is. And she wants a boy to want her so bad because she desperately needs some love. Um, then I, I, I don't know if that's, you know, that's, that's not healthy. 
it's not healthy to try to use that sexuality to fill in the the gap of that low self-worth right um do you understand what i'm saying tyler yeah no i i think you're using a word you're using the word intention yeah and and the word i i I love that word that you're using because i think that's at the core as well as another word that's coming to my mind which is objectification so and it goes along with this idea of intention which is if my if 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 me myself i'm wearing something so that i'm objectifying myself and i'm trying to find my value by becoming an object that would that that doesn't that doesn't come from a place to me of knowing who i am and respecting my body and and loving myself that way whereas whereas you know if i'm if i'm back to intention if i'm if i'm not objectifying myself then that's probably more in line than even lining out the specifics of well a two piece as long as it's this big or you know I, I don't know that the i don't know that the logistics of it like the specifics of it are as important as what you said the intention and am i objectifying myself yeah it's it, this is an interesting discussion because as a dad um if my daughter's like dad i want to wear the two-piece because i enjoy the sun on my belly i like i really i like i can feel the breeze more it just it's 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 just uh, like i feel beautiful and i feel sexy and when, when when i can just get some sun and could i could i really be like okay daughter like enjoy you know because there's that part of me that's very much steeped in the modesty thing that'd be like no 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 cover it up um which notice i said cover it up cover up it her body it but you're oh. objectifying her at that point to the other way yes through the modesty right so um i uh, this this week I had an interesting experience. I was I was meeting with my staff, and um, we got in this conversation about how CSATs, so certified sex addiction therapists, are oftentimes, in fact, usually in conflict with sex therapists. So um, CSATs are about treating sex addiction and having people not act out sexually. Right? Um, sex therapists are about sexual self-realization and expression um, expression and all of those things right um in fact there's some trainings where um watching porn is part of their training to become a sex therapist um and what i was saying to my staff is look i, I you know csats are at, at odds with sex therapists because they fight about this you know csats are saying shut it down shut it down shut it down and sex therapists are saying, amp it up, amp it up, amp it up. And, but there's, a, there's this, uh, either side is, is problematic if you take it too far. And we talk about this a lot. Valerie Hammaker, did, when she was a guest on the show, did a great job of explaining how um, the, the river and the dialectic between the two, the church is on one side really, 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 really rigid. The porn industry is on the other side really, really, really chaotic. And either side is going to hurt you. And it's the same thing with therapy. I, I said to my staff, I said, make no mistake about it, you guys. We may be sexual addiction therapists. We are sex positive. We, we like know that we're sexual beings and we are sex positive. Being sex positive 
does not mean like go run around naked. Right. Yeah. It means, or, it, yeah, go ahead. Or Brandon, like, I want to throw a question back at you with being sex positive. Then if you have one of your clients come out or your, when we're talking about intention and your, or your, or your daughter comes to you later on in life and she's like, Hey, I'm feeling so beautiful in my own body. And I've got this chance for free expression and Playboy has asked me to be their centerfold. And I'm just going to do it because it's artwork and it's beautiful. Is that sex positive? Uh, I want to know Mitchell's answer on that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I think that the, the, the intention and the, the purpose behind Playboy is objection is, is objectification. So I don't think that would be a very, <laughs> a very good choice for her. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I agree with that answer is, but, but, but there's a, there's something we need to talk about a little bit here before we just jump to you better not. Right. I, what I, what hopefully I'd have a good enough relationship with my daughter to have a discussion and say, like, tell me more about your intentions. Um, like where, where is this coming from for you? Um, and, and why would this be something that you feel like could be really good for you? So instead of just like, no, you don't cover it up. Mm. You better not. I right. connect to her and I know her and I understand her. And, and, and to be honest with you guys, I'm probably more likely to influence her not to do it. If that's what I, how I approach it with my daughter. Well, because yeah. you're going to have her on your team, right? Like you're, yeah. you're now showing interest in her. You're showing curiosity with what her intentions are. And I think it gives you the opportunity to also have influence. And the word that I'm thinking of right now is education, you know? So it's like, we, we went, we went on a trip to Hawaii last year. We took all our girls to the store to get bathing suits. They all tried on a bunch of bathing suits. And one of my daughters tried on a bathing suit that was, that didn't have a lot of, material on it you know and uh and she came out and she like said hey i look i look beautiful like this looks awesome you know and me and my wife looked at her and said okay well what what do you like about it you know and then she told us and then afterwards we sat down and we said hey look you also got to consider these things as well and there we as parents I, i i feel like there is an obligation that i have as a father to do some educating and so yeah. The, the key, the key is that I think we try to do the educating with curiosity and understanding and with, with truly trying to teach principles instead of just laying down the rules. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the end of the night, she had put that bathing suit back on the rack and she picked a different one and um, she was still happy with it. And that was okay. But, but we can't, I, I think we can't absolve ourselves of the responsibility to teach. It's this, the teaching should be done in a more I think too often as parents, we get so, such a knee-jerk reaction because we're so afraid that we just lay down the rule without, without the, the learning the that goes with it. Yeah. The, what Mitchell, you were describing um, is what Tyler's talking about. From, from what I see, where, where it really becomes problematic in terms of our sexuality and it is when I see people coming from a rigidly disconnected family so rigid with religion and and the father wounds or mother wounds that are are about abandonment disconnection and neglect that's where somebody really just just kind of survives through their shame in a lot of ways 
do you, do you know what I mean by that? They, 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 they don't know who they are. They don't have anybody safe to talk to, to understand their body. To, and so they, their shame says, shut it down, hide, um, act out, do, do whatever you need to do in order to survive because there's not this safe mm -hmm. ground. And, and Tyler, that's what you're talking about with your daughters. Mitchell, that's kind of what I'm hearing happen to you as a child. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of times in the religious side of things, we, we hammer down these rules and expectations and standards without getting into just what you're talking about down to the why and right. why this is, why this is important, why we do this, you know, why we don't wear that or, or whatever the case is, not even just outside of sexualization. We don't even get into these things. We just hammer down the rules and regulations, expect the kids to follow them, discipline them if they don't. Uh, don't ask me why I told you, you know, we kind of get into that a lot, I think, on the religious side of uh, in the religious community. Yes. And Brandon, that doesn't help kids. <laughs> no, I agree with you, Mitchell. <clears throat> Brandon, I want to ask you another question because I can I'm sitting here trying to think of what it's like to be a listener right now. And I, let's just say we've got some listeners right now who are Christian with children saying, OK, I definitely don't want to shame my children, but I still feel like I got to teach them like what would a conversation actually look like or sound like, like, where would you start? What would it look like if, if I was to have these kinds of conversations with my children? Um, yeah. I mean, I taught a lesson in church two weeks ago and it was, it's very different than, than the knee jerk reaction for a parent. Like the knee jerk reaction is child, let me sit you down and let's talk about your sexuality. Um, and w let me tell you why, you know, this is healthy and this is not. And that's, that, that's not going to work. Um, it's, it's more than just a conversation. Um, it's more than just a dialogue. Like, let me give you an, an example. Yesterday, um, I got home from work and my wife, I was in the kitchen. My wife gave me a big hug right in the kitchen. And we just kind of started cuddling with each other right there in the kitchen. And, um, and my three kids were sitting there at the kitchen table and there me and my wife, in some ways we were being sexual. We weren't doing anything, but <laughs> you know, there, there was that energy there of our sexuality and our love and connection for each other. Um, I didn't say anything to my kids in that moment, but I did send them a message that, that this is okay, you know? And I didn't, now there's a line, I believe, and I actually, if I can get a little bit deep here, I don't believe that line is secrecy. I believe it's sacred. So there, there's a line that I'm not going to cross in front of people when it comes to sex, um, because I believe it's sacred and I believe it's between me and my wife, even from my kids, right? So to some degree, I'm showing them, hey, sexuality is okay. To another degree, I'm showing them boundaries because I'm not going crazy here in the kitchen, right? So can you see what I'm doing, guys? I'm not even having a conversation mm -hmm. with them, but I, I'm teaching them something. And I'm, the energy in the house is very open about talking about who you are and, and what sex is. So did, did I answer your question? No, I think you're, it's a great start. Basically what you're saying is you're saying okay. it's more than just a single conversation. It's a way of living where yes. you're stepping into things and you identified two things. And I think this is kind of a doctrinal thing that we can talk about. And that, I, that if, if I'm a Christian person, I'm wondering how to use the doctrine in a healthy way. 
we were given two gifts by just by coming to this earth. And the two gifts that we received was a physical body to have experience with and to learn with. And it happens to be an imperfect body that's going to cause us problems sometimes. And we were given the gift of personal choice. So, so in the context of living our lives, God expects us to take those two gifts. It's the parable of the talents. And he expects us to either magnify those two gifts. Preach or, on, Tyler. Or we, or we won't. And let's preach on. Sorry, I'm <laughs> preaching the I, sermon now. I love it. <laughs> but, Amen. But, Keep going. But Brandon, like I'm bringing it back to what you're saying is that's what you're saying between boundaries and also expressing yes. love. It's like you're using those two gifts in a way now that aligns itself with what, what I believe the commandments of God would say, which is to amplify those gifts in ways that are pleasing to God by using your choice. And, um, and those two things I think are things you can come back to over and over again with your children. Like, Hey, you've got this gift and you've also got your choice. And and how is this going to, how is this going to be like, you know, I'm actually hearing Tyler in, in what you're saying. Mitchell, what I'm hearing is that you had neither is it that the rigidity and the morality, like high morality was you don't have a choice. You just do this. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the second piece to it was your body's not a gift. Like your body's dangerous and a problem in, in many ways. Is that. Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Not that direct message, but yes, you know, indirect. spoken in that, that way. It's very indirect and probably assumptive as a child, you know, and without that direction from the parent, you know, the child is left to fill in those gaps. And I think more often than not, we go into those extreme sides. Yes. And filling in those gaps with extremities. I think one thing that, that had, doesn't really get said is this, is if I want my children to be happy and healthy and in, in terms of their sexuality, um, you know, it, it has nothing to do with me talking to them about sex or their bodies. It has everything to do with, with me doing what I can not to wound them and to just know for them to know they're loved, um, for them to know that they're okay as they are. And if they have that from me, then all these conversations about sex and body and all those things, those will naturally happen um, because mm-hmm. they're learning, they're growing, they're developing. If they don't have that from me, and then I go and I try to have all these conversations, then it's it's not going to work. Right. right. Living that lifestyle is, is to me where, you, where you're hitting at. You know, you live that lifestyle, have that conversation type lifestyle where they're not just sitting down and having rules and regulations and hearing the whys, but seeing, seeing the whys, seeing... Yes why we're doing this and living this way and how it is to live this way. Yeah. If I go out to the beach or to the mall or something and I'm making comments and judging everybody in a tank top, um, I, you know, and then, and then I smile to my daughter and I'm like, Hey, let's just talk openly about, you know, but uh, it's again, it comes back to the lifestyle, right? It comes back to who am I? What messages am I sending? Um, and, and just being aware of that. And those are the dialogues in many ways that are not spoken directly, but indirectly given. I'm thinking of a, the, the quote you hear all the time about how to 
how you know, parents ask how you should raise a child if you're a Christian parent and that, that quote that comes up that says you should teach them correct principles and then let them govern themselves. And uh, I, think, I think the idea behind that is excellent as long as we say teach them a full set of you know, correct principles. So yeah, if you're going to teach the kids about modesty, you should also teach them about choice. And Brandon, what you're saying is even further, another correct principle is of their lovability as they are. Correct principles is not fear and control. Right. That is not, not, those are incorrect principles, right? In fact, in fact, God is love. And so we should teach our children to operate from a place of love for themselves and others first. And then they can go and make the right choices based on a knowledge of who they are in God's eyes instead of who they're not. Mitchell, I think you've uncovered another, uh, you've uncovered another, like Tyler's next career, like, amen. (laughs) He's a pastor, you know, (laughs) this is great. Uh, He's doing good. I love it. Brandon's going to give me a hard time about this for a long time, Mitchell. No, I love it. I really do. (laughs) That's we'll get to hear about it. Well, Mitchell, I don't know if we've even gotten all the way down to your questions yet. Anything else on your mind? Other questions? Um, how do we, I guess probably like how do we counter the what's being placed in front of them in the culture? You know, the culture is putting it everywhere. It's in the kids shows and the television shows and the billboards and uh, on the packaging and in the mail outs they send. And, you know, how do we continue to specifically battle those images that they're being shown as as this is you know a male this is a female i know a part of it obviously is how we live again and what we display in front of our kids but the images are so strong and the force is so strong from the outside on these false images or uh, perceived perfect images uh, how do we how can we specifically battle against those I think most parents try to make their kids avoid all of that stuff. And uh, you're just pointing it out, Mitchell, is that it's kind of unavoidable. You know, if we take a trip, we live in Utah, if we take a trip to California, we're going to drive through Las Vegas. But I'll I'll just be honest that the billboards in Salt Lake City are just as bad as the ones in Las Vegas now in terms of objectification. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's everywhere. Uh, I don't know about that. But. Well, Brandon, I don't know, man. I swear, I swear to you that Utah has got to be like the plastic surgery capital of the world. Well, yeah. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> Vegas is a whole new level. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's a, it's a different level. Either way, there's objectification going on, right. In the way things are presented because sex sells and that's the way it works. And what most parents will do is like, turn your heads or cover your eyes or, you know, and, and I, I don't know that that's the right response. I, I actually wonder if sometimes leaning yourself into and through it with education and discussion is maybe a more effective thing to do, which is like to kind of make, make things pretty open and transparent as they're unfolding with their kids and use it as an opportunity to teach. You know, something pops up on a movie. Yeah. Why don't you stop it and have a conversation and even ask first, like, Hey, what are you noticing? Or what are you guys feeling? Or what are you guys thinking? Or you know, do you have questions about this stuff? Um, and then it'll lead into an opportunity to have that discussion to teach those correct principles. Yeah. So what do you think? Brandon? Well, I think, sorry. No, go ahead, Mitchell. 
I think it is basically in this day and age is unavoidable. Yeah. You know, with the media that's out there, the access on our phones, devices, your f- kids, friends have phones and devices, the ability to control like we did through, you know, the eighties, the nineties, whatever is going well beyond our reach as parents. It's just slipping away from us because the access is so great. And when you just teach your kids, I think to turn your head, turn your head kids, you know, at the billboard or whatever, I think you're driving them and driving them into that place of secrecy to where mm-hmm. in the future they're going to, it's going to, they're going to find it and see it not necessarily pornographic, even just, you know, flesh, they're going to see flesh. They're going to see the material. It's going to be presented to them. And if all we do is teach them when they're with us to turn their heads, you know, I don't think that they're going to necessarily do that when we're not with them. I just think if we think of kind of the end goal as dads, um, I, I want my kids to live lives of purpose, um, to step into courage, to, uh, you know, like do what God has made them to do. I also want them to have really healthy relationships and deep levels of intimacy and love in their lives because I think that's one of the best things in life, right? Um, so, like, I would love it if that's what happened with my children. And so, if we rewind it back, well, if to now, and we look at, okay, in t- today, as I'm talking to my kids, if those are my goals, then my ultimate goal for my children, when I, when I look at healthy relationships, stepping into purpose and having courage, there's one thing that, that creates all of that, and that's living a life of real actual faith and courage and not a life of fear and shame. And so it, whatever I do as a dad, if my son looks at porn today and I take that opportunity to drive shame home and tell him how disgusting and wrong he is for doing that, I'm not, I'm not helping him in terms of what I hope happens in his life. If my son looks at porn today and let's say, let's say he's wearing a speedo and he's looking at porn. <laughs> like he's as immodest as can be <laughs> looking at porn. Right. Um, if I take that opportunity to help him learn how to connect, to talk openly, to have hard conversations, to, um, to, to express who he is, then I'm actually helping the situation. Right. And, and it's my job to teach, and it's my job to provide some structure there. Um, and, and that's an important side of the fathering, right? But doing that without the shame, without the control, without the fear-based model of trying to get him to be what I want him to be. Which takes more work in some ways because we have to be cultivating our own heart in order to step into that space with our child instead of just lay down the rules. Exactly. So... Mitchell, it's been a pleasure having you here today. Um, I think you're a courageous man coming on, asking these (laughs) questions. Dude, I love you, man. Yeah, thank you for coming and having this discussion. No, thanks for having me. And I love how you wore a tank top today. (laughs) (laughs) I do too, man. Yeah, seriously, Mitchell, thank you. Thank you for uh, your willingness to come on and share. It's amazing. This is a principle of truth that vulnerability yields connection. And I know I 
Brent and I both feel connected to you. We've never even met you before. And I can tell you that I know that people who are listening will also be connected because they're struggling with the very same questions. So thank you for your willingness sure. to put yourself in the arena today. You're welcome. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Mitchell. We'll see you. Okay. We'll see you.